Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, very good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview coming to you not live uh, from the Valley. This is just a podcast this week. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me here at the Valley is uh, Mr. Tom Warning. How are you doing, Tom? Good. Yeah, Better late than never. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and uh, and yourself, Nathan, how are you doing? Living the dream, mate. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice and, nice and light in here now. Yeah, I've got brand new lights. Very yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, completely. I mean, I know there was that story <laughs> going around about no lights at the valley, but we have since... Got some new ones. Got some new ones. I mean, this is the brightest I've ever seen. The, uh, we've the taken genre. the lights from everywhere else. Yeah. I've just put them in here. All the bonus money has gone <laughs> yeah. on these lights. And uh, money well spent, in my opinion. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> uh, right on tonight's uh, big match preview. Uh, we will be discussing the fact that Charlton have signed Josh Cullen on loan from West Ham United. Uh, today we'll uh, hear from Lee Bowie about him and about one other potential signing, who it is. We don't actually know, uh, so we're not even going to guess, but we'll hear what, what Lee Bowie says, the sort of player he is. Uh, we'll hear your fee word reviews on the Cullen signing. Uh, we'll also hear from Lee Bowie's press day today. He talked about the current state of the club and he was asked if he has the most difficult job in uh, in football at the moment. So we'll hear, hear that, discuss about that, discuss Roland's reaction uh, to the current state of the club in a couple of Belgian stories this week, which we'll hear about. We're going to hear from Dylan Phillips. He came in to speak to the press after the Fleetwood game on Saturday. We had some interesting stuff to say uh, about Jed Steer coming in as well, which was good to hear. Uh, then we'll start to gear up and look ahead to Saturday's game uh, with Southend. Chris Powell, you know, uh, Chris Powell, Chris Powell's... Uh, <laughs> Southend, Southend United, not Chris, Chris Powell United. United. We're getting there in a minute. Chris Powell United, Southend. That's it. Doesn't make sense, but that's who it is. They've renamed the club Chris Powell United, as they should have done when Chris Powell was here at the Valley. We'll talk about that. We're going to hear from uh, Nick Alica from BBC Essex, and then of course we'll hear from Bayer again as we look ahead, find out who's back uh, from injuries and such for that. But I mean, first things first. We mentioned at the top of the show there, Tom Signing has come in today. Uh, Josh Cullen has joined on a year-long loan from West Ham United midfielder sounds like he may well be the business yeah yeah I think it's a really good bit of business again um I saw him a little bit at Bradford uh, and obviously they went on to have a really good season the season he was there and from the sound of what Bradford fans have been saying and West Ham fans to be fair which is a good reaction to go on is is what the fans of clubs who've had him think we're getting a good player and he was apparently instrumental while he was there um, I've seen his interview today as well. He looks keen. He, he ticks the boxes that we need in terms of a box-to-box midfielder, someone who can hopefully fill in with uh, the Jake Forster-Kasky role that obviously we're lacking at the moment. And most importantly for someone coming in as well, he's had a pre-season and he's even played a couple of games so far. So we're not having someone that we've got to get up to speed because the likes of Reeves and Clark and, and Fosu are going to have to do that. So he's someone that can come straight in on Saturday whether he knows the lads quickly enough to do that, although obviously he knows a few of them already, 
we'll see. But um, I expect him to be involved in some capacity Saturday as well. So, yeah, I think it's a really good bit of business. Yeah, with a bit involved in, in pre-season games, he was an unused substitute for West Ham during their cup win over AFC Wimbledon on uh, on Tuesday evening as well. Uh, 22 years old, Nathan. Uh, I mean, it sounds like Bayer and Steve Gallen have been chasing him for a while, and it's quite interesting that obviously this is one. That seems to have been the way a lot of the business has been done so far this summer, they've had they've they've gone on specific targets that they believe are going to improve the team. And so, I mean, so far the players that have come in have. So you can see if if they if if they're saying that they've waited this long for this specific player, then you assume that he's going to be a good player. Forty games he played in the league when he was at Bradford in the season they got to the playoff final as well. Yeah, and I think um, like you say, uh, Bo said he's this, and I agree with him. There's no point bringing in people. Just to make the squad, you know, just average, and they aren't better than the people we've got. I mean, what's the point in paying paying wages and probably fees as well um, that are probably similar sort of quality? They might be more experienced, but they have similar qualities to sort of you know George Lapsley and Albie Morgan. It's just a waste of money. So I think, like Tom said, it's something that we don't have in terms of a box to box player. It'll probably give uh, Darren Prattley a little bit of a breather because um, he can play deeper. But I think it's a good signing. Um, and like you say, I think every every player that Bose has signed, and he's he's kept to his word, has improved the squad from last year. Doesn't get a lot of goals. Uh, he's only scored one league goal in his entire career so far. Over, you know, Obviously, main, mainly at Bradford, uh, nine appearances at Bolton last year. But that's interesting. Well, you could say the same about Jake, really, before Lee Bowyer came in. So I just wonder if that's something that Bowyer's going to be thinking he's going to coach that and add that to his game as well. Yeah, that's exactly the point I was going to make, that, that Jake was in that position when he came in. You could argue Joe as well. I know he's very, very early on in his career, but was it start of last season or he went through a little patch where he started getting goals last year. So it's something that Bowyer and Jacko, obviously, who got a lot of goals for us during his time, as a player with us, both of them are going to look to get the midfielders forward and add to that. I mean, last year we had to do it because we were playing with the one up front a lot of the time. But even with two up front now, we need goals from all over the pitch. We've seen in the last couple of games, although Grant and uh, Taylor are still getting in the right positions, they're maybe not taking their chances. So if you've got a midfielder bursting into the box, like we saw Forster Kasky do so much away at Bradford last year, a really good example. Um, last season, then then that's something we need. You know, Joe himself has said this season he's disappointed he hasn't started scoring again already. As as Nafe says, Prattley I think needs a bit of a rest anyway, and I don't think we're going to see a huge amount of goals from him. Um, but those other lads, we need them to get goals if we're going to be up the the top end of the table. And Cullen said it himself in his interview with the club. He said, "Look, I want to try and add more goals to my game." Boya said he talked to the player, so I'm assuming this is the one he was talking about. And you can see from, from Cullen's interview, he's excited to work under a player who's got Bowyer's pedigree. So I think with, with him and Jacko coaching him, there's no reason why he can't go on to score goals. Yeah, it certainly does seem to be a big pull, doesn't he, Lee Bowie? Obviously, the, you know, the, the, the the level he played to in his career certainly seems to be one that, that players are happy to come and you know get get experience from him. Uh, from it's, it's funny with, uh, with Cullen, he seems to know half the squad already. So Lewis Page was obviously at West Ham. Clark and Marshall were both at um, both at Bradford City while he was there, and, and Darren Prattley while he was at Bolton Wanderers last season. So he's already halfway integrated <laughs> with the squad anyway. Yeah, I mean, especially with um, obviously Page is apparently really good mates with, and then Prattley and Clark, the two people who play who could be playing alongside him. So I think it's only a positive, um, certainly in terms of chemistry, and he'll know how they play and they'll know their strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's a good fit all round. Um, whether or not it will come straight into the team I don't know but yeah I think it's a, it's a positive signing and 
obviously I, I think we've got because we've got a small squad anyway it isn't going to take him that long to sort of get to know everyone so yeah competition wise I mean who do you think he would be displacing in the team I mean we, we've seen pretty much Lapsley and, and uh, what's his name Morgan. 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 Albie Morgan uh, sort of interchanging a little bit over the last few weeks. So do you think it's more like to be the youngsters? Or would it be Prattley? Would it be a Rebo that, that would get displaced? Or do you think there's going to be a hell of a lot of rotation as we go through the... Yeah, I think we will set up differently for different teams. I think immediately the likelihood is Prattley will get a rest because Boyer didn't even wasn't even sure he was fully fit for the first game of the season. I think he's played every minute since. So I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out immediately. But then I think he will be mainly the youth, uh, the younger players that you're looking to. I'd expect Rebo to start most games. Prattley, if he's fit, I think so as well, because just of that, that engine room feel that he's got about him. And then you're looking at the likes of Cullen and, and Clark and Lapsley and Reeves, those sort of players to all filter in and out, depending on the system we're playing. Obviously, when Fosu comes back as well in terms of adding width, so it, it will depend on whether we're playing the three at the back or whether we're playing 4-4-2. Um, but that's where I expect him to fit in. Right, uh, the signing was actually announced just after Lee Bayer's press day, so we've got a clip from press day where he alludes to it, uh, to, to Cullen, and talks about the sort of player he's going to be without actually naming him, uh, and then he also adds that he's still in the market for one more. Uh, obviously, the transfer deadline for loans closes tomorrow, Friday, if you if you listen on the podcast, uh, 5 o'clock on Friday the 31st, so it's going to be Friday that we're going to get the last one through, if we do, and Bayer sort of hints about who that player is uh, in this little bit of audio, but first of all, I think he's talking about Josh Cullen there. We've agreed everything with one player. It's just a matter of time before that happens now. That will be happening today. We're negotiating for another player. We're hoping that that happens today as well. Um, And then we'll see what happens on Friday. But the most important thing for me is to, to try and get these two over the line because they will improve our squad quite, quite a lot. So, um, I think the, the the fans and the players will be over the moon with the two that we're we're looking to bring through the door. Confident, very confident on one because <laughs> it's someone that I've been speaking to for a while now. Um, spoken to people at his club and, and they've been great, you know, and, and to make this happen. So um, the lad wants to come and play, and he's got good experience in this league. And um, he's a very good footballer. Now, I know you're not going to name names, but uh, can you say what positions they play in? Midfield. Um, one's a midfielder. Central midfielder. He's, a, like I said, a good player. And, and one's like a, like a winger. So um, he can play anywhere across the top, really. 7, 10, 11. Very versatile and, and, and again a very good player. So that's that's someone that's the second one, but we ain't quite there yet with him. But the but the first one, the central midfielder, yeah, that's um, just a matter of time now. So we go there's Lebo, you're talking about our new loan signing and one more perhaps that he's hoping uh, to get in. The the one he's hoping to get in looking like he's is sort of gonna be someone <laughs> who can play on the wing or up top, which is something he's talked he's talked about that throughout the summer, really wanting that sort of player. Um, it's just there doesn't seem to be any names floating about <laughs> at the time of recording, which is unusual, really, isn't it? Yeah, that's the weird thing is that I can't really work out who it's going to be, and he seems to suggest that we're at least partly on our way to sorting that deal out as well. But 
Yeah, I haven't really got a crew. I think it's positive because, again, I mean, we've talked in depth about Marshall on several shows. He's really struggled to get back to grips with it at the start of this season. Um, Fosu's obviously injured, but even when he's fit, you're just looking at him really wide, unless you're putting Grant out wide as well. He's really the only player we've got. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, there's plenty of areas we do still need to strengthen in terms of having numbers, but I think having a wide player like that, again, to try and add goals and not rely too much on the front players um, it is a positive thing if we can get them through the door. Do you think of any names out there, names that you'd like or the the, the, the sort of player that, that you'd think yeah, about? Yeah, I mean, what I'd like to say, I mean, if, you, if everyone was fit, um, he, he's the, like winger striker, didn't he? So you'd like those front fr- front three or the two and then the one behind to be quite fluid. Mm. So you still got Clark to come back. But, I mean, the first name that would come up to me would, would be Mavadidi, but obviously he's gone Juventus now. But it would be someone <laughs> of that ilk, I would imagine. So um, annoying when we keep getting picked to players by Juventus, isn't it? Yeah, I know. I mean, Ronaldo was on yeah, exactly. yeah, twice, twice in one summer. <laughs> he he would have fit, fitted that profile perfectly because he could play on the wing or up top. But, but he's not really a sick note, so he won't fit in. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, no, I don't, there's, obviously there'll be someone out there who obviously kept it under wraps. Um, but I said it would be quite nice, a nice little surprise. And Bowie said he's, he's a very good player. So mm. if he's going to improve on our forwards at the moment, then it can only be a positive thing. Well, let's hope that someone does come in. Uh, like I say, by time of recording, you'll know you'll know better than than, uh, than than what we do. Right, I asked for some free word reviews uh, of the signing of Josh Cullen from West Ham. Let's just pick a, a few of the favourite ones. Bob Liscombe says it's a real catch. Uh, Paul Griffiths says it's much needed help. Uh, Quizzy says similar, much needed reinforcements. Uh, Daniel Traffin, any old iron, pretty clever that. Uh, uh, Daryl Hughes covering the cracks. Will Bolland said finally midfield creativity. David Filmer, another astute acquisition. Woody uh, SXL says Lee Steve brilliant, uh, referring to obviously the the manager and the uh, the head coach. Ben Hunt better than Kante. Well, that was. We'll see. Uh, Jack Max says Bradford are fuming. Kai Williams says I am excited, but I don't know if he was responding to the uh, the free word <laughs> review there, or if he's just letting us know how he's getting on at the moment. Uh, um, uh, CFC since 1973 says Bowyer works miracle, 100% Charlton. Bowyer working wonders. Uh, Rob Waghorn Bowyer, well done Bowyer. Franco says better than Zidane, so he's better than Zidane and Kante so far, which is very promising. <laughs> Uh, Ev, Ev James said it's not enough but then adds he is good though or he's good though so there's your free word reviews on our new signing Josh Cullen uh, from West Ham United it'd be interesting to see if he does uh, feature on Saturday uh, like I say he was on the bench for, for West Ham during the cup game during the week so you'd assume that he is pretty much ma- match fit and ready to go so uh, hopefully we'll get a first glimpse of him on Saturday right let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live then we're going to come back and uh, talk about the general state of the club because it's always fun to talk about that I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Silva steps in, wins it back for Charlton, comes away on a run and then feeds Fossu over halfway. Fossu on the left hand side, they're heading towards the penalty area, looking to take on Pond. Gets in the box, is he going to fall over? No, he's got it, Davis! There's number three! Talking about it, it's Charlton Live, the big match preview here, uh, podcast only this week. We, uh, we had train problems getting to the valley. Uh, so we weren't able to broadcast live at seven. Not many people actually listen live at seven on a on a Thursday evening. To be fair, most of you listen via podcast, so it made no difference really. But uh, just for, for the, the the few of you that do listen live on a Thursday evening, we should be live on Sunday evenings, uh, assuming everyone gets here on time. We are planning on going live on that uh, on on Sunday evening. Right. Um. Today's press day. There's now there's an interesting clip. Uh, Lee Bowie was asked by Sky Sports about obviously we saw the protests at the Valley on uh, on Saturday here the crisps were thrown onto the pitch it garnered so much media attention and it's still going on now because it's got Sky Sports coming down to press day which they wouldn't normally do to ask some, some more questions on that so we're going to play you the clip now so you can hear it for yourself uh, Lee Bowie was asked if he had the hardest job in football was told you may well have the hardest job in football and asked if he actually enjoys his role here at the Valley yeah yeah, I'm happy. Obviously, there's there's pros and cons to every job, I think. Um, but what I do is work with the players on the pitch from Monday to Saturday and play games, and, and that's my job. And I enjoy that, and my squad of players are enjoying that. So everything else that goes on in and around the club that I can't control, I try not to focus on that side and make sure that nobody else does. Understandable that you want to focus on the positives and the controllables, as you put it, but as we saw at the weekend, stuff that's happening off the pitch is directly affecting what's happening on the pitch. You know, the fans are protesting, there are rumours that staff aren't properly being paid bonuses and, and things like that, so it's almost infecting what's happening on the pitch, would you agree? No, I wouldn't say it's affecting. I think we're still playing well. Um, okay, some of the results we've been a bit unlucky with, but as a whole, like like I said, them them types of things I can't control. So, but it's not affecting our, our performances because we've been playing well. Um, again, the weekend I think we created enough chances and and had good possession in good areas so I wouldn't say it's affecting us on the pitch I wouldn't I wouldn't say that at all no and you feel you said that the players are enjoying playing football at the moment despite the ruckus happening around yeah because every player every player you speak to all they want to do is train and play they just love playing football um, and that's no different with our players so yeah they're enjoying it I hope they are they look like they are every day. So apart from when they're running, but uh, but apart from that, yeah, they're enjoying it. You know, it's, there's a good atmosphere around the place. Um, we're getting players back from injury now, which is important. Obviously, some of the results we had uh, the the first two three results we, we was down to bare bones, you know, and um, but now that's that's starting to change, and and now I expect the results to start changing. Um, have you had to sit the players down at all and say, right, this is what's happening with the club, we're going to separate what's happening outside to what we're going to do on the pitch? Have you had to have that talk with them? Because they must see the media, they must see the papers. No, because I had that talk when I first took over. Um, 
back end of last season. So they know the situation. Like I've just, just said to yourself that we can't control what's happening there. Our job is to play football and win games. That's it. And there's no point bringing any negativity in and around the players because it, that's nothing to do with them. Their job is to, to train hard, work hard, win games. That's it. It's that simple. So, no, I haven't had to have that talk with them there. They know the situation and I won't let that negativity come in and around the players at all. What's your relationship like with the owner of the club? It's good. It's good. I speak to him on the odd occasion. Um, he rang me Sunday, said, I like you okay. Uh, obviously, after Saturday's events, I said, yeah, I'm fine. Obviously, I'd rather it didn't happen, but again, there's something that I can't control. There's something that's been going on at the club before I even arrived at the club. So, um, the owner wants to sell the club. He's waiting for the right people to take over. And it will happen when it happens. Again, there's something that I can't control, but regarding relationship-wise, he's backing me regarding the players I want to bring in. And, and, and as a manager, that's all you want. Granted, you can't um, control what happens off the pitch. Do you sympathise with the fans and the fact that they're protesting? It, it, you know, it's for the love of their club, isn't it? Yeah, every fan loves their club, but I, I think that all I ask from the fans, and, and I do it in every press conference, is that they're there to support the lads. Just be there to support the lads because they need their support. I, I know that. I was a player. And that's that's all I ask from the fans. Again, it's something that I can't control. Whatever is going on between the owner and the fans, that's something that I can't control. But when I, when I speak to the fans, I, I ask for their support regarding... For the football club. So there's Lebo uh, chatting away with uh, Sky Sports during his press day earlier on uh, today. I'm mean, talking about the general state of the club. Of course, uh, as we were saying just before we heard that clip, you know, there's there's a hell of a lot of media interest in the club at the moment because of what's happened over the last couple of weeks with the staff writing the open letter to Roland Duchatelet after their unpaid bonuses, which they, they claim they were promised. Uh, the, the fans throwing the crisps onto the pitch in reaction to that as well in support of the staff. Um, and he was asked whether it makes it more difficult for himself um, but he, he, do, he doesn't seem to think so does he? No not really and I think I think that's right when we were at the, the height of the protests a couple of seasons ago we uh, it didn't seem to affect the players then if anything they seemed to I don't know whether it was just coincidence but they seemed to perform better on those days and, and get results so I don't think it really does have an effect too much on the players and he's another manager that's that's quite protective of his players and hopefully keeps them kind of out of it all. Um, he's right in asking for the fan support you know, once the game kicks off and to be fair, I think we've always done that as a fan base. Um, we know that the fight's not with those players and not with him. Um, so yeah, he seems to be just kind of the same old phrase it is what it is he's happy for the fans to get on with it and he knows that they're, the argument is between the fans and Roland um, and then when we get on the pitch uh, the fans back the team and, and as I say I think over the last three or four years that's exactly what the fans have done I mean he says um, like he doesn't think he doesn't think that the situation at the club affects what goes on on the pitch now 
I mean, people will say, well, it's taken us a while to start getting a squad together, and some people still say it's still a short squad. It's better than it was at the start of August, for example, now with the, the signing of, of, of Josh Cullen and, and a couple of others uh, you know, in the month that we've had. But, I mean, surely, this, the, whereas the protests, between, you know, the arguments between the owner and the fans might not affect what happens on the pitch, you'd have to say that surely the fact that he's clearly cut the budget hmm. playing budget that must have affected what Boya could could have done this summer yeah I think in the grand scheme of things it obviously does affect um, like you say the, in terms of the personnel um, but when I when I hear Boya I mean I think he only means in terms of you know on a match day I mean they, they'll still prep the same way maybe yeah they'll have not enough players um, but as soon as you cross that white line you don't really think about anything that you know what's happening and I think they'll just go out to win the game and, and that's all they can focus on because I think if you start if they start thinking about all the other stuff in between I think they might start finding excuses and I think that's what Bo doesn't want people to do is just blame performances on the stuff that are not you know that you know, are happening off the pitch which to an extent that in the grand scheme of things yes but not on a day to day basis because you just go out and try and win games mm. um, with, uh, with with the fact that there is this Current argument between the three, obviously Roland Duchatelet, uh loves speaking to the Belgian press, doesn't he? <laughs> and uh, couldn't keep his mouth shut. Now, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you. There's there was a story in in the I think it's Knack, it's called the uh, a Belgian publication uh, that Heather McKinley has uh, translated. Uh, I'm going to give you just the snippets from the top of it that, that she put on the forum. Just so, but this sort of discusses what he was talking about. Um, uh, first of all, Duchatelet admitted that football, uh, getting into football was a mistake. He's done that before, actually. Admitted he, he's wanted out for a while. Uh, he says he intends to sell the club, but he, all these football clubs, but he's not in a hurry. She's not exactly what you want to hear, really. Uh, then it was, it was, it's quite interesting that he started talking about uh, sort of social issues over in Belgium as well. He's, he's talking about how people in Belgium uh, earn too little money, but that his own employees have no complaints. But then, obviously, it's been pointed out that since then, there are some of his employees have got quite a few complaints. Um, uh, and he, he was talking about how the, the, the protests don't really... He said, oh, they don't affect me. I don't want to listen about it. He's talking particularly about the, the Roland Out Today party as well. Uh, he used some quite bizarre phrases when translated to describe them. Um, I'm sure in, in his native tongue, they, were, they made sense. But he, was, he's, he clearly doesn't have any time for them. But at the same time, the fact he's out there talking about them surely must show that they're getting to him a little bit. Yeah, and I think we've seen that the protests out in uh, in Belgium have always affected him. It's very rare that something has happened out there and he hasn't bit back with some sort of statement or comment. Um, I think it's it's no surprise that he chooses to go to the media there who perhaps don't have the full story because I think if he tried to release a story like that here, it would come under a, a much more intense scrutiny. Um, and also in terms of saying his employees haven't got complaints, again, I don't know if he's just referring to the ones there, but... I thought that the the fair employees here had literally written a complaint yeah. letter to him. <laughs> so, I mean, he's got a letter somewhere, which is literally a letter of complaint against him. So, yeah, it's a bizarre thing. As I say, I think over there he perhaps doesn't get as much scrutiny and come in for as much criticism about it all, particularly the charm focus. Um, maybe that's why he tries to do it, defend his reputation a little bit there. But, as I say, if he was to come over here and try and do it at one of our newspapers, as you say, Sky have come down to our press conference this week, which they wouldn't usually do, I think... The media here, although we would want more out of them, I think they're aware enough of what's going on. Whether they do enough or promote it enough or whatever is is not for me to to say really. But they're all aware of it, and I think he would, as I say, come under a lot more scrutiny if he was to try and make those comments here. 
Are you feeling like there's an end game at any point, Nath? <laughs> no. 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 no um, you'd hope so. Um, but I think it's, it's gone on for so long now, it's... I'm just one of those boring people who just wait until it's on the official site, <laughs> really. I mean, it's, there's always ups and downs and, you know, you know, people were told things that never come to fruition and stuff, which, you know, it happens. Um... I mean, obviously, Bose said the other week, you know, if, if it hasn't happened by the 31st, which is what, Friday, Friday is it? Tomorrow. Or Sunday? Or tomorrow? Friday, tomorrow. Yeah. Lost track of days. Um, yeah, if it hasn't happened tomorrow, then we'll they'll have to sit down. But we, I'm hoping something does happen tomorrow, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. Because mm. I just think it was a bill all over again. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Right, on a on a high note there, we're gonna end it. We're gonna go into the break. Uh when we come back we're gonna hear from Dylan Phillips. Occupying that left hand side at the moment. Little step over onto his left foot. Marshall, ball in the box is good. And Rebo, first time. Oh, oh, what a goal! Lovely finish! Oh, what a goal! Joe Rebo gets Charlton the lead. Great ball in from Mark Marshall on the left hand side. Chips it in. And Rebo with a calm left footed volley. Have found the bottom right corner and Charlton have the lead. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. This is the big match preview here. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to Saturday's game over at Roots Hall against Southend or Chris Powell United, as I rechristened them earlier. Lee Powell Reflex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, in a, in a couple of minutes. Now, um, obviously, Dylan Phillips has been Charlton Athletics number one so far uh, this season. He's barely put a, a foot wrong as well. But also, of course, uh, Jed Steer was brought in, a very experienced goalkeeper on loan from Aston Villa uh, uh, earlier on in, in the summer. So at the time, we were start, starting to worry if that meant that Phillips was going to lose his place. Uh, but it's certainly not something that's had Dylan Phillips too worried. Bowie's always told me that that's what he wanted to do. He needed to bring someone else through the door from, from the start of pre-season. So it's down to me to keep the shirt sort of thing. And I said to him, bring in whoever you want. I want to make myself the number one here and play as many games as I can. So touch wood, I'll stay in and keep, and keep hopefully doing well. And a clean sheet, at least, uh, in terms of the keeping the back four, if we say you've been Yes, obviously the first one of the season for us. And um, we need to thrive off that more, I think, obviously, with the late goals we've conceded. Some that you can't help, some that you can. Um, but yeah, we need to thrive off that, because that's massively a successful team. You need, to keep, you need to keep clean sheets. You need to be looking at 15 to 20, at least, really, in the season to have a good season. So... Hopefully that kicks us off as a back to five unit, do you know what I mean? So hopefully we can have many more of them now. And uh, Joseph Pierce on the bench, it was good to see uh, that uh, uh, the club captain will be coming back into uh, into the side very in the very near future get extra strength. Yeah, nice. No, it's great to have everyone back. There's more than just Piercy. Obviously he's a big factor for us at the back, but Reevesy, uh, Clark, he's not a million miles away, Fosu, you know what I mean? So that we're looking like a real strong outfit now and hopefully we can kick on and, and really put a run together now. Julian, in the last like kind of two, three years you've had to be very patient to kind of get your chance. I mean, has that been frustrating for you? Oh yeah, yeah. massively frustrating. It's horrible. No one wants to sit there and, and sort of be told you, you're not ready, you're too young, this and that. No one wants to be told that in whatever job you do. So, nice. I'm just grateful to get my chance and you don't really have enough time to think about it. The games are coming thick and fast, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, so you just got to take it in your stride and hopefully I'm, I'm doing that. And I guess the positive that you have worked with 
in the last two seasons, you got Declan Rose and Benham, how much have they helped you? Oh yeah, massively, yeah. Everyone I've worked with since I was a kid, everyone's helped me, do you know what I mean? So, there's a new fresh goalie coach in this year as well, who's obviously putting his ideas to me and, and I'm taking I'm taking that on board sort of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a positive start to kick on now. Like you say, we've got South End in a week's time, which is going to be a massive game at their place. So, we need three points there. Yeah, there's obviously going to be a focus on that with it being Chris Powell. Of course, yeah. Tell me your memories of him being at the club. Oh yeah, I signed my first professional contract under under the gaffer there. So yeah, fond memories of him. And obviously, I was a kid when when they won League One, and I was I watched it from afar from the stands. So yeah, it's just hopefully we can do something like that. Yeah, that's got to be the aim, isn't it? But what do you think you need to? It looks like the finishing at the moment. The last couple of games, particularly the cutting hedge, hasn't quite been there, has it? No, definitely not. Um, The boys know that. They want to score, the strikers want to score 20 goals each, you know what I mean? They all want to score goals and they know it needs to be better. Like like we know that we need to keep more than one clean sheet out of five games or whatever it is. We both know it needs to be better in both boxes. Uh, we've done one thing today, we kept the clean sheet, we couldn't quite put it in at the other end. So hopefully we can put both of them things together next week. So yeah, that was Dylan Phillips talking after Saturday's game against Fleetwood. He kept his first clean sheet of the season. Um, but sort of, sort of started off the interview. I mean, we've said it throughout throughout the the, the season so far that the, the whole Jed Steer thing. Uh, you know, we were worried that that meant that he was just going to lose his place straight away. But I mean, you can hear the confidence of the young man. Like he doesn't, he didn't care who comes in because he's so confident he's going to keep his place, and he's played like that so far. Definitely, yeah. And I think I, I can't believe that's his first clean sheet. I think that's very unfair on him because not only did he make a couple of outstanding saves at the weekend to keep that, but I think he's also done well. You'd argue maybe at Sunderland he was perhaps slightly at fault for one of those goals, but aside from that, he hasn't really been able to do anything more. I think he's been pretty decent. He's made some brilliant saves. And it, it must be difficult as a young keeper when you've waited for your chance. Someone of that reputation comes in at this level, you think, right, that's going to be the case. But credit to Boya for managing him well and for giving him that chance because we all said that he deserves it and, and we wanted him to be number one. And credit to Dills for taking it as well because it, it's not easy when you've got someone breathing down your neck. I'm sure you either go one way or the other. And at the moment, he's stepped up and he's performing really well. He's talked about his frustration over the last couple of years. I mean, it was his last season we thought he was going to get stuck out on loan, but then that never happened because we only had uh, Rudd in as number one. So therefore, he just remained as backup for the entire season. He talks about how difficult that is. I mean, you know, a goalkeeper is a very lonely position. There's only one in the squad. There's only one in the team. You know, it's not like you know I might play right back this week. He's either in goal or he's not. And when you've got a number one keeper, you know, like uh, like Ben Amos, sorry, last season playing well. It must be quite, you know, hugely frustrating because if you can't go out on loan and get your minutes, you're literally just sitting on the bench. You might as well come and sit up in the stands with us. Yeah, exactly. And if it's not like you say, it's not like you can just rotate your goalies every week. Um, you could, but it should be weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it can be frustrating um, for deals, but then at the same time, you can understand, obviously, when Amos is playing well, um, he's more experienced. But then at the same time, like you say, I would have, like to have seen Dill and get out a full year to a League Two club or even a League One club um, because it's not only frustrating for him sitting on the bench for every week it's also you know he needs to develop um, and people are saying you know he's not ready yet he's not ready yet but he's only going to be ready when he's been given a chance so I'm glad that he's taken um, I think apart from maybe Sunderland's first goal which he was disappointed with in himself um, like you say I don't think he put a foot wrong and 
it's it's his it's his spot to lose now, and I think he's doing very well. Mm. Um, what about Jed Steers? Obviously, he's coming. He'd be sitting on the bench now. Now. That's less of a concern to me because he'll be gone at the end of the season, if I'm being quite honest. But for him, for him, it'll be quite interesting. He's, he's now got to try and sit and try and take his place, try and impress Andy Marshall, the goalkeeper coach, in training. Um, but it, it must be a bit weird having played the championship match and now being sat on the bench a little bit. Yeah, and I'm exactly the same as you. If I'm being brutally honest, I don't care um, because he's here, in my opinion, to do a job, and that's to push Dylan Phillips. Obviously, if Phillips drops out of form or uh, gets injured, which is more likely given that he's a Charlton player, then um, he needs to be ready to step in and be professional. And I'm sure he will be. He's a good keeper. Um, look, he's going to be frustrated. I, I don't know how the whole uh, scenario was pitched to him when he came in, but it seems very clear that it was pitched to Dylan that Dylan was going to be number one. Lee had said it in the press that Dylan was going to be number one. So you'd imagine Steer knew that. So. If that's the case, he's chosen to come here and, and fight for that place. Um, and it, unfortunately for him, he'll have to wait his chance. But as I say, as far as I'm concerned, we're developing our own keeper, and that's that's a good thing for the club and a good thing for Dylan as well. Yeah, Dylan's was talking about the importance of getting his first clean sheet in that in that little clip, and obviously that is you know something we we, we had to wait five games for. Um, we haven't. I think clean sheets have. <laughs> been a bit hard to come by as we've seen so far this season and we've moaned about the fact that at times we haven't been clinical enough in front of goal but obviously it's both boxes uh, that you need to be solid in and to get the first one now hopefully that'll be a big mental step perhaps yeah it is and it's just like strikers thrive on goals goalies and obviously centre-halves and defenders thrive on clean sheets and they'd all be delighted um, and it's just a shame really Sunderland won he was disappointed with the Shrewsby one was, was again disappointing because they lacked Concentration. The, the, the Accrington one was just bobbled all over the place, and then finished. So it, yeah, it's disappointing, but yeah, hopefully he can um, it brings a little bit of confidence. But Dills is a confident lad anyway, so he ain't gonna mm. be phased by it. But yeah, they thrive on clean sheets, and yeah, hopefully it's the first of um, first of many because we got a few towards the end of last year when both mm. first come in. Mm. Excellent stuff. Right, uh, another quick break here on Charlton Live. Then it's time to start looking ahead to Saturday's trip over to Rootsall to take on Southend United slash Chris Powell United. Great work from Tariq Fosu. Now it's forced to Kaski over here on this near side to take the corner. Swings it in. It's gone deep. Bowers at the far post. Gets ahead of there. Oh, it's okay. in! Patrick Bauer heads the ball down. Come on! Beyond Ian Lawler and into the back of the net for Charlton's opener. Oh, I can't believe that went in Terry Smith. The ball came in from Force Kaski at the back post. Bauer's able to beat his man. He just heads it down on the ground almost. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live, the big match preview here uh, on your podcast, hopefully on your Friday morning, I imagine travelling to work or even on your Saturday, heading over to Roots Hall, uh, have a safe journey if you're, if you're, if you're going to the game. Um, time to look ahead to the, to the clash, uh, looking forward to, to getting over there to, to Roots Hall on Saturday. Uh, like we say, Chris Powell, of course, is, is currently the, the manager there, that adds a certain extra something to, uh, to the tyre for a lot of us. Uh, and we want to see, uh, hear about the game from a South End. Uh, point of view. So I caught up with uh, BBC Essex and Nick Alica uh, on the phone uh, on Wednesday evening to find out how Southend uh, have been getting on uh, so far this campaign. For Southend, they've been doing all right. It's been 
up and down. There's been a few low points, not many of them, to be fair. There's been a few defeats in there, a few draws. But for the most part, Southend have played very well, as you'd expect, under a uh, Chris Powell team. They've done okay. They lost their uh, first match by three goals to two against Doncaster at home when they bossed so much of the game. There was a 15-minute period when Doncaster had the cheek to score three goals, but there you go. Southend nearly got something from that. They drew um, against uh, Plymouth Argyle down in the West Country. A couple of uh, dodgy old penalties given by the uh, referee, and Chris Powell was sent off in that match. One of the first managers to get a red card. He and Derek Adams were sent to the stands for uh, handbags on the uh, touchline. Blues continued their impressive form in the uh, League Cup. They haven't won a game in that competition for eight years. They were dumped out by uh, Brentford, who were class side, by the way, and that's no surprise that they're in the, uh, in the uh, higher division than Southend and Charlton. They got the points against uh, Bradford in a 2-0 victory, lost uh, the other midweek at Luton by two goals to nil. That was probably the only match where they didn't really turn up and they weren't impressive. And then they bounced back from that last weekend in the 1-0 victory down at uh, Bristol Rovers and were in command for so much of that match. So as far as the South End side is concerned at the moment, it's not going too badly. They would probably like to be a bit higher than they are in the league, but it's very, very early days. It certainly is. And now Charlton fans won't be surprised at all to see that, that Chris Powell's doing so well there. And it's incredible when you think that he when he took over South End uh, midway through last season, South End were just one point and one place uh, above the relegation zone, ended up finishing 10th. And I'm guessing, you know, he, he's he's a legend of a player down there as well. So I'm guessing he must be well-liked by the supporters. Yeah, oh, very much so. He was, as you quite rightly say, when he played for Southend, a legend. I remember seeing him play in the uh, Blues defence. Really good quality defender. And he's bought that to his management style as well. Very confident. He's, he, I'm not going to use the word laid back because that's wrong, but he, he's got a good way about him. The man management is right on the spot as far as uh, Chris Powell is concerned. Southend were struggling uh, in the last few months of Phil Brown's reign at uh, Roots Hall. And they'd drifted towards the wrong end of the table. They needed to steady the ship. They needed to ensure they didn't drop into the fourth tier of English football. And Chris Powell did that and some. He got the uh, side up into the uh, top ten, which was quite an achievement in those last few weeks of the uh, season. And now he's got a chance to shape his side. He's brought in several players over the uh, summer. Unfortunately, quite a few of them have got injured, which is a big problem as far as uh, South and United are concerned at the uh, moment. But he brought in several players and he's uh, steadied the ship and he's looking to go now to that next step. I think it's a really big step to try and get into that uh, top six in the uh, League One table, but they feel they've got the players on board that can achieve that, and they've got the team spirit around at the moment to achieve that, uh, to try and get into those uh, playoffs. Uh, you have to say the automatics are surely too far off for a South and United, but they want to get into that top six, and that's what they're hoping come May next year. Is, is that the stated aim? Because I remember when Chris Powell had his first summer at Charlton, he had a, a complete clear-out, brought in entirely his own squad, and then went on to win the league with 101 points. I guess the budget will probably be slightly different at Southend, but I mean, has, has he has he stated he thinks top six is a realistic aim? 
I think promotion is the uh, aim, whether it be in the uh, top two or indeed the uh, top six. He has offloaded some players that came to the end of their contracts last year and uh, he's brought in his own. The likes of Timothy Dieng in the midfield, experienced player from uh, Bradford, good quality player, and he's impressed when he's played. One of those that has picked up an injury, which is a disappointment. Uh, good defender at the back, Harry Lennon, came through the Charlton Academy, of course, but he's picked up a toe problem. He's uh, broke one of his toes, so he's going to be out for a little while and uh, won't be playing in the uh, match on uh, Saturday. Sam Mantum in the midfield, he was on loan at South End United last year for uh, six months, quality player, and he's impressed uh, again this particular campaign, another one with a bit of a niggle, but uh, the one that Blues are holding out hope for is Tom Hopper, striker who was released by uh, Scunthorpe, signed on a three-year deal, scored a few goals so far this campaign for uh, Southend United, looks really lively up front, and he will be the man to be looked at to try and get goals in that match of Roots Hall on Saturday. Mm. Uh, and the Charlton fans will remember last season that the 3-1 defeat that the Addicts had on on Boxing Day. Uh, Charlton's record, actually, at Roots Hall wasn't too good. I mean, how, how do you see the game going on Saturday? I think if Southend United can quieten down the Charlton contingent, I'm sure they'll be coming down in numbers at the weekend early on and be on the front foot. I think it'll be a really good game and it really will be a test for uh, Lee Bowley's side, to be honest with you. Southend have got the makings of a decent League One team this year. And if everything goes for them, thumbs up. Injury-wise, seems to be an issue at the moment. If uh, they get some suspensions as well, could be an issue. And if, if everybody doesn't function as a team, there could be problems. But I think if everything is focused and Chris Powell gets them focused, is really impressive, it seems to me, in the dressing room. They're all moving in the right direction. Then I reckon the Charlton are going to come up against a really strong side. Brilliant to hear there from uh, BBC Essex. Nick Alaka um, gave us lots of in- interesting insight on how Southend are doing. Similar to, uh, obviously, Rosie Swarbrick from uh, Fleetwood last week. Seems to think the Southend are going to win the Champions League within the next five years. Not quite like that, but obviously saying that Southend have done well. I mean, you know, uh, Powerly went there last season. They were a a one point and one place above the relegation uh, zone when when he took over. I think it was in uh, uh, was it January or oh, I can't remember uh, December time. Um, but then you know he finished tenth, thirteen points above the relegation zone. I mean he turned them around in the second half of that season. Um, obviously just after Phil Brown, it must be January because Phil Brown was still there when we went there, wasn't he on Boxing Day? Um, but I mean. You expect nothing less from a Chris Powell side, really, do you? That's exactly what I was about to say. If you've had Chris Powell as your manager, it's no real surprise. Um, he's he's done well, you know, to different extremes uh, everywhere he's been. I would suggest, um, you know, what, we don't need to talk any more about Chris Powell. I think everything we've wanted to say, we have already. Um, it'll be the first time I've been to a game where he's managed the other team. I missed both of the games here against Huddersfield, so it'll be a bit weird. But. Um, yeah, it's not going to be an easy game. They obviously won at the weekend and they're kind of mid-table around us as well. I think they've got two wins and a draw from their five games. Yeah. So they're um, yeah, they're they're a decent little side as well and it's not going to be an easy game. We know how Powell plays. We know how he sets his teams up. They're going to be difficult to break down um, and we're just going to have to be able to compete with that. As I say, it'll be interesting if Cullen comes in, what a difference that might make. 
But um, yeah, it, it's going to be a tough test. Champions League, uh, probably not for a few years. But um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're a good side and they're not to be underestimated. Um, obviously, the, the Chris Powell factor is going to play a part for, for Charlton fans. It's going to be weird again as it, as it was the last couple of times. But I mean, you know, at the same time, when we... When he first came back with Huddersfield, we absolutely smashed him off the park. And you know, it's it's great to see him again, as he's a you know a legend player here and a great. Uh, it was a great manager here as well. But as soon as, as soon as it gets three o'clock, then you'll forget it's Chris Powell, won't you? Yeah, and, it's, and he'll be doing exactly the same. Um, he'll probably say hello to the. He might pop over and give the fans a clap before or after the game. He'll say hello to staff like he always does. The gentleman he is. But like you say, yeah, as soon as that whistle goes, he's going to want a three points and our fans and Bowie and the lads are going to want three points regardless who's in charge. Um, uh, but yeah, it's is like Tom said, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, but I, I still think we're good enough to win. Um, but yeah, it would be nice. Obviously, I can't go Saturday, so it would be nice to see him. But obviously, we've got them at home at some point, so... Yeah, it'd be nice to see him, but yeah, we want three points, don't care who's in charge. Mm, excellent stuff. Right, uh, let's look ahead to it from a Charlton point of view now. Uh, of course, uh, Charlton have uh, suffered very much with injuries so far, uh, well, forever really, but in particular this season. Uh, so let's hear from Lee Bowyer, who may well be back in time for Saturday's game. Um, Tariq Fosu will be on the bench. Um... Pierce, he was Pierce on the bench last week. He was on the bench, so yeah, just Tariq. I think is is maybe Ben Reeves. Ben Reeves could be on the bench as well this weekend. So yeah, and and obviously, it, if we bring another addition in, then they're being in the squad as well. So yeah, our bench is going to start looking a lot a lot different to it did on against Sunderland. You know, the opening days. So it's um. It's good. I'm, I'm getting excited. Ben Reeves has had a bit of a chequered history since he's been here with injuries. Has he satisfied you that his fitness is 100% now? Well, of course he's not 100% fit. He's only been training for maybe 10 days, two weeks now with, with the team. So he got injured second day of pre-season, so he's had a long time out. Um but he's a good player and he looks after himself off the pitch and he works hard in the gym while he is injured so yeah, he looks a, a little bit rusty but he's a good footballer and, and, and could be a good addition to bring off the bench maybe last 10-15 minutes to try and make something happen but um, yeah, he's just been unlucky I guess with, with injuries and hopefully that'll change for him now that he's, he's back training and, and get some game time. You go head-to-head with Chris Powell at South Bend, revered by chance supporters, a big favourite. Uh, yeah. You relishing that? Yeah, obviously, up against any manager, but Chris, obviously, I know I know well. So, uh, it'd be good to go head-to-head, toe-to-toe, whatever way you want to dress it up. But he's an experienced manager and... and he and know what his team's capable of and, and I'm guessing he's he's would have watched videos of us and, and know what we're capable of. So it should be a good physical game on, on Saturday, I'm I'm sure of that. So it's Lee Bowie looking ahead to Saturday's trip to Roots Hall to take on Chris Powell United. Um some some good news and it sounds like Fosu's gonna be on the bench. I mean, how fit he'll be and whether is we're gonna risk him, we don't know. It's the same with Piercy on the bench last week. 
but and, and also Reeves possibly. And he, it sounds to me like he thinks that Cullen's going to be in the squad minimum, so he could be on the bench or even in, in the starting lineup. But you know, now these players are finally coming back. Now we're starting to look a little bit more like a Charlton team that might be able to you know compete in this division. Yeah, I think and not only compete. I think the main thing for me was. Um Especially at Quinton away, for me, someone to come in, on, come on and change a game, uh, and even Fleetwood, uh, I felt we didn't really have that that part in midfield or up front because someone could just give us something different. Like Fosu, yeah, you know, he's not probably won't start. He might get ten minutes, but he's someone who who has a different dimension to what we have in the starting eleven, and it is starting to pick up nicely. And me and Tom are just saying off air when when Clarkie comes back. I mean. You're going to look at the bench, and no one's going to want to play against. Even if Fossil off the bench, no matter if he's sixty percent or hundred percent fit, if you're a defender and you see Fosu coming on with ten minutes to go, you ain't going to be looking forward to it. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's it's all good. It, you know, it's looking positive now, but we can't rest on our laurels. We've still got we're still a bit behind. Obviously, Peterborough is sort of running away with it a bit. Um, but yeah, it's positive news, and hopefully, it can. We get a good result on Saturday. Reevesy coming back into the squad as well. I mean, someone who, on paper, should be be able to create some chances, which is what we've struggled with at times. Perhaps a little bit of creativity. Yeah, I think so. He's um, like you say, it's on paper. That's the thing because he's another one. Uh, Same as Marshall. Kind of, yeah, not really impressed enough for me. Um, and I know he was a bit. We had that issue at the start of last season that he wasn't getting fit enough, and then he struggled a couple of times with injuries, but. I never felt when Clark got injured, he was such a big blow, and you thought, right, Ben, here's your chance to really take that number ten position, and he never really did it. And then obviously Boya came in, changed the formation a bit. I don't really know where he fitted into a four-four-two. So, yeah, it's going to be difficult. I mean, to have him back on the bench is obviously good because we need as many bodies as we can get in terms of strength in numbers. Um, and like Nate says, if you've got the likes of him, the likes of Tariq, if and when he gets there, um, Cullen, if he's on the bench, or Lapsley, or uh, a rebo even depending on how that midfield sets up we're starting to actually build together a squad now uh, and Boya said it was going to take a little while these injuries have been frustrating I think we've held our own results have been a bit against us I know but I think in terms of performances we haven't been that bad on the whole and I think you know we need to start changing those results around fairly soon and I think these bodies will hopefully help to do that Do you think there's a chance that Colin will come straight in? Um it's a possibility, of course there is, but I'd be surprised if there is because I mean, what he's going to have two days training. Um, I think it will all depend on how Arebo and mm. and Pratley are. I can't see because I can envisage obviously Christian sitting in that in that defensive mid role when he will drop into the back three and then the wing backs are bomb on. Um, it, it all depends on Pratley and uh, Arebo for me, but I'll be. I mean, obviously he's a good player, but I'd probably say he'd probably mm. sit on the bench. Other than that, I can't really see any. Major changes you expect. You mm. definitely expect the front, the, the front two to keep cracking on. Um, yeah, I don't think there'd be any other changes really. No, the only other one you'd think is maybe Eagle, but I think it's too mm. early for that to yeah. throw him back Ooh, in. Or Jason Pierce, but I thought Naby Sard yeah, game on Saturday did yeah. fine as well. So I no, think Eagle looks so unfit yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly. So I'll be, I'll be shocked if he's yeah, after five minutes. If he yeah. feels if uh, Bayer feels and like he's at the start, we've got the checker trade game, haven't we, on Tuesday, so we can get him a run out there. Exactly, you've got to concentrate on the big games coming up on Tuesday. Who is that again? We got again. Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Wimbledon, yeah, I think. Wimbledon's at home. Swansea, Swansea, Wimbledon, Swan- and Stevenage. Oh, Stevenage is away at some point. Stevenage, oh, yeah. Right. Uh, clearly, something we're Must looking forward to. Get those tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've sold out. I think. Yeah, uh, they've actually decided to close all four stands. <laughs> uh, right. Um, 
let's start looking at it. I mean, in terms of a Jacko's jackpot, we came nowhere near last week. No. Unfortunately. I, mean, I think, I mean, I look, just looked at Southend's home form. They've played three, scored six at home, but Ooh. they've conceded seven. Ooh. So I, there could be goals in it. There's definitely one at each end. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to chart one. I, I reckon there was one chart to win, and both teams to score eleven to 11 one. To yeah, one. you can do that. that. Or you could. I reckon we win two one, so that'll fit in with that. It just may be a goal score. We've said Carlin literally every week. Yeah. Although we said Eagle. Well, like, let, let's play a more. Let's play a safer bet. Let's go for. Do, let's go for Charlton to win both teams to score eleven to one. That would win right, thirty odd quid for the uh, for the updates, which is thirty quid more than we've won every other week. So let's mm, just go yeah. for that. Right. Let's have your your actual predictions uh, for the game coming up, Tom. Uh, two one Charlton. Two one Charlton. Uh, Three two Charlton. Three two Charlton. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw my hat into the ring. I'm gonna go also two one Charlton. So there you go. Right. Uh, this has been Charlton Live, the big match preview. Uh, although ironically we call it Charlton Live. This has been Charlton Podcast, the big match preview. Uh, thank you for listening all the way to the end. I've been Louis Mendez. Uh, thanks for coming in, Tom. Cheers, Louis. Thanks for Cheers, coming boy. in, Nathan. Uh, we'll be back here. Uh, live on Maritime Radio on Sunday evening at 7 o'clock as we look back at whatever happened against Southend. Let's hope that it's three points for them Cholton boys. We'll see you later. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.